This is an extra episode of the A2 Schools podcast of a recent presentation to the Ann Arbor Public Schools Board of Education. We're now at the time for the preview of the fiscal year 24 school aid budget proposals from the Executive House and Senate, Dana, Michigan. Trustees and uh, Chair Schmidt, I appreciated uh, the work of the Finance Committee Friday before last to review uh, both the monthly monitoring report um, and also uh, the uh, preview of the FY24 school aid budget proposals uh, for the executive, the governor's version, the House, and the Senate. Um, trustees, we are settling out. Um, as you see, these monthly monitoring reports, our expenses for the year are settling out. Um, but trustees, we've talked uh, with you all about um, getting uh, the assumptions and assumptions, meaning the assumptions for our FY24 budget in place. Uh, we were a little bit delayed on that because of our um, legislature uh, was a little later in coming out with those numbers. In fact, we were not able to do our normal April study session on that topic because we didn't have their numbers yet. We now have them. Uh, so trustees, I will be in touch with each of you to review uh, those assumptions and those understandings that we're using. And then coming uh, the first, second, and third week of June will be that projected budget for next year. So my introduction of Ms. Minnick is really around trustees, the pivot uh, that we're in right now as we buckle up uh, this current school year and then project uh, for 23-24. Miss uh, Minnick, I was receiving texts from our legislators today who were in budget meetings, so I'm delighted to report to you it sounds like they are hard at work uh, to get you and all of us the numbers that we need. Thank you. Very good. Thank you, Dr. Swift. Good evening, trustees. Thank you again for this opportunity to provide to you uh, this evening just a very high-level overview of these proposals. They are budget proposals uh, from the state of Michigan, the House and the Senate and the governor's office, um, and they are proposals for the school aid fund. And they are for next school year. Frankly, they are for the next fiscal year of the state of Michigan, uh, but the school aid fund is what we're interested in because that is how we are funded, is through uh, the school aid fund. The state also has a general fund, as we do as well. Uh, but again, these are only budget proposals. There are many more steps that the legislature and, and the functions at the state uh, go through before uh, the legislature and then eventually the governor approve any budget uh, that will be set in place uh, for the fiscal year of the state of Michigan. Uh, but these proposals are important for a couple of reasons. First of all, they give us uh, some insight as to the budget priorities of the House, of the Senate, of the governor. And so those insights and those clues help us develop some budget assumptions on which to build our budget for next year. It helps us understand what is the likelihood of any increases in, in funding for schools, uh, what types of grants might be coming our way, what types of restricted dollars uh, might we be seeing next year? What types of student supports? Uh, so while these are all very preliminary, 
Uh, and we'll talk about those next steps. Uh, these are just proposals, but yet they can give us some clues and some insight. So that's why they are important to us. Uh, so on the screen, you see in front of you just an excerpt of our budget development timeline uh, that we discussed at a previous board meeting a few months ago, uh, maybe even before the holidays. Um, but we know that in January, uh, the state held its first consensus revenue estimating conference in January. The governor then released the executive proposed budget in February. And we had originally assumed that the release of the Senate and House budgets might occur March, April, May. And we were hopeful and we thought maybe we would have that budget study session, as Dr. Swift mentioned, in April. Uh, but those uh, House and Senate budgets were not released until the very end of April. So we are now at the portion of our timeline where we are going to be reviewing those budgets here this evening. And then, as Dr. Swift alluded to, having some of those conversations around the budget projections that we are considering for using in building our own budget. And then we will take a look at the rest of this timeline uh, toward the conclusion of the, of the presentation. Uh, but moving ahead then, let's take a look at some of these proposals. We know we have the executive, the Senate budget proposal, and the House of Representatives. Uh, and then on the next slide, there's a lot of information on this slide, so please allow me to walk you through what we have here. Uh, again, this is just a proposal, a proposed amount for per-pupil funding. So each year, school districts across the state of Michigan are uh, awarded or uh, granted a foundation allowance per pupil. That's a dollar value associated with each FTE of enrollment. And each year we look forward to what might that change in that amount be? Is it, will it be an increase? Will it be a decrease? And so all three proposals indicate an increase in that per pupil amount. So the amount of the increase demonstrated in the executive proposal was $458 per pupil. And that falls right in the middle between the Senate's proposal of $550 per pupil and the House proposal of an increase of $366. So if we just read across that row for the per pupil increase, those are the proposed amounts of the increase. So what is the value of that to Ann Arbor Public Schools? And those dollar values there are just based on our October fall count. Uh, it's not, it's just the number of FTE of pupils. It's not a blended count. It's just a, a figure to help keep things apples to apples at this point. But then below those proposed numbers, you see a statement that says the executive and the Senate proposals continue a traditional blend of student counts. And what that means is that the state allows us to blend our student counts from the previous spring and the current fall to develop the number of pupils on which we will be funded. So that formula is we take 90% of the current fall and we blend in 10%. The prior spring count is weighted at 10% of this year's pupil count. And that's a traditional methodology. The state has used this formula for uh, many years. Uh, sometimes it changes, of course, but this is a typical approach. Whereas the House has proposed a two-year average of those blends. This is reminiscent of that super blend that we had during COVID. It's, it's not the same formula, but it's just a way to, I, I might say, artificially increase the number of enrollment, the number of enrolled FTEs, uh, which is a way to perhaps uh, additionally fund schools. So that would be to um, many schools' benefits if, um, if they happen to see a decline in enrollment. 
Now, at the bottom, I've indicated that the Senate proposes something that the others didn't propose, which is to include foundation allowance for students in our pre-kindergarten programs. So that could be very advantageous to schools across the state as well, to fund uh, those pre-K students. On our next slide, then, we will take a look at some of, uh, some of the other important funding uh, for our district. So funding for special student populations. This is uh, funding for uh, programs and students that have a bit more costly educational needs. So in addition to that foundation allowance, all three budget proposals do demonstrate funding increases for special education funding, for funding for at-risk students, for bilingual education, as well as Great Start Readiness program funding and access to that program, which is a preschool program. Uh, so that's very good news that all three budget proposals indicate an increase in funding for those programs and for those student populations. We also see funding from all three proposals to expand or at least continue current funding levels for many academic supports, which are very important. Uh, we see academic supports for tutoring, other types of literacy supports, uh, mathematics teaching and learning improvements, intervention programs, and still a focus on some educator recruitment and retentions and incentives, and importantly, adult education. Uh, we haven't seen that on the list uh, for some time. So uh, increased funding for special student populations as well as academic supports on top of a potential increase in the foundation allowance is good news for K-12 schools. And again, these are all proposals. Uh, many steps yet to go through until we get to the, the adopted budget for school aid fund, yet this is very good news. Some other uh, uh, proposed supports for schools. Interestingly, all three budgets propose funding for a Michigan Healthy Schools grant, which is to support school infrastructure projects to help lower energy costs and also to improve health in school settings. Uh, apparently, after a statewide facilities study is completed, then perhaps there will be some grants to schools to, uh, to acknowledge some of these endeavors around lowering energy costs and improving health. I imagine perhaps uh, in um, cleaner air, water, those types of things. Then we see some uh, funding for matching grants for electric school bus purchases, uh, incentives to consolidate support services. And for examples, they give uh, support services such as human resources, finance departments, IT departments, and even grants managements. So the idea here is to incent districts to combine those services for their schools, um, where one school district might take on those services for other districts. Now the House separately, uh, and only the House suggests and proposes creating a school transportation fund to help offset transportation costs. As some additional funding for student supports, all three proposals uh, do allocate funding for universally free school breakfast and lunch. Uh, so that's, that would be uh, terrific for our district. Uh, and it also, all three recommend continuing mental health supports and grants, as well as school safety supports and grants. So good news for our students there, uh, potentially. Again, these are proposals. So those are the primary highlights of those budget proposals. All three of them, of course, have disparate 
and different types of initiatives for a variety of different types of funding. Um, but I thought it was very uh, key that all three of those proposals indicate congruence around improved funding for the foundation allowance, uh, particular student populations, and then other academic supports. But what are the next steps then at the state level? In May, in fact, on Friday, in fact, uh, the state will be holding its second consensus revenue estimating conference. And that conference always confirms those uh, projections at the state level, their revenues uh, that they intend to collect from income tax, sales tax, fees and licenses, those kinds of things. And so we will learn more on Friday whether the state anticipates that they are on track with their revenue collections, which will help support these budget proposals. Then uh, the budget proposals and that consensus revenue estimating conference will inform our budget assumptions. If, if it appears that, yes, they are on track, then we might be able to better rely on, on some of these budget proposals actually coming to fruition. And then over the next uh, three months or so, the House and the Senate will together develop what is known as, as a consensus budget. They come together and develop a budget for a proposal uh, they agree upon for the governor to sign. And that can happen anytime between now and July. Uh, the state's fiscal year starts October 1st. Uh, but they do endeavor to adopt this budget to help school districts develop their budgets as well. But in June, uh, state statute requires that all districts in the state adopt their budgets for the following year by June 30th. So we will be bringing to you, as Dr. Swift uh, mentioned, we'll be bringing to you in June an, uh, an original budget for next school year uh, based on a number of assumptions that we will glean from uh, these revenue estimates at the state level and these budget proposals. Uh, and of course, we will still be hearing information from lobbyists, from our superintendent associations, our school business associations, what they're hearing, uh, as you mentioned, the text you were seeing. So we know that there's more to come. So as they develop that consensus budget, uh, we too are developing our budgets, and we will recommend those to you for adoption in June. So on the last slide this evening is a look at the rest of that budget development timeline. So again, that second uh, CREC uh, this Friday. And then at the regular board meeting next week on May 24th, we will bring forward to, to recommend for your approval a notice to be published for the first public budget hearing, which will occur then on June 14th. That public hearing will occur on June 14th. But we do need your approval uh, to publish in, the, in, a, in a paper um, the public hearing notice. So we will then, if approved, post that notice by June 8th. It must be posted at least six days prior to the date of the hearing. So on June 14th at that regular board meeting, we will bring forward the first briefing on the proposed budgets on the final budget amendment for this school year, the original proposed budget for next school year, and as I mentioned, host that public hearing. We'll also be recommending for your approval, as we do each year, the adoption of the millage resolution, which will be our uh, operating millages, our debt service levy, uh, and, and all of those things. And then we'll have a second briefing on those same budgets uh, on June 21st and recommend them for, for adoption. I know this is a lot of information. I think the key takeaway this evening is that all signs look very positive for schools, yet these are just proposals and there's many steps yet to go through. Uh, but as we learn more, we will begin to build our budget for next year based on some of those assumptions. Uh, we will be prudent. Um, 
uh, but things do look positive. So I'm happy to take any questions you may have this evening. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Mender. Thank you for listening to this extra episode of the A2 Schools podcast, featuring a recent presentation to the Ann Arbor Public Schools Board of Education. Please subscribe to our podcast to hear Superintendent Swift talk about important AAPS issues and more. You can find out more about AAPS at a2schools.org.